0: Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth,
1: and I'm Camp Adulthood. Yes, the owner and operator. The owner and operator, of Camp Adulthood. Um, <laughs> did you say your name?
0: Oh no, I didn't. Okay. I'm Maddie,
1: <laughs> and I'm Shay. I'm a random stranger. Yeah, <laughs> a street urchin. <laughs> we may be pulling people off the street, actually, but that's how we met. Is basically, I pulled you off the street as mm. a random, as a random urchin. It's um, true. So before we talk about ourselves, should we? go into a little bit about what is this whole concept of Kim adulthood and why we think it's important. And yeah. kind of what I'm doing right now is a clear indication of the difference between what we're going to be terming ancient millennials and young millennials. I know. But so, then one
0: day I wonder when I'm 32, will I be an ancient millennial and then you'll be an elderly millennial or will it all be just <laughs> young? It goes, it shifts. It shifts. I think, as we age. I think we, it shifts. It stays with us. Okay, that's good. All right. Ticked one thing off the box that I was thinking Takes about. one thing off the box. Um, this is our inaugural episode. I feel like we should mention oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's why we need to define what camp adulthood is. Yes. So camp adulthood is a term that my dear friend Lizmo made up. It's a state of mind. It's a state place. of mind, really. Yeah. Many years ago. And by many years ago, that means Shout like out to Liz. Six. Hey, Liz. How's it going? Um, I wonder if they get podcasts in Spain.
0: I feel like they do. Probably. I feel like it's pretty universal. Yeah, iTunes.
1: Um, And Camp Adal-Hood basically is when you are out in the world and you're doing things that are really considered to be traditionally, quote unquote, grown up. You're holding a job. You're taking care of a family, whether it's your parents or your grandparents or a kid. Um, you're making big decisions. All of these things that have traditionally defined an adult But you're also a total trash human. You're like eating ramen over the sink and you haven't had clean underwear in six days and you're a total mess. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fast forward to a few years after Liz coined this term, I'm living in my apartment being a trashy camp adulthood member and I was looking for a new roommate and that
0: was when I found young Maddie here. Yes. Yes. And I was a homeless street You, I'm just kidding. Um, Shay and I met each other because we're in the same sorority. Don't make but fun. Shay was, oh no, we can get into that. We can uh, have a, that's whole, be a, whole, a episode. whole episode. Yeah. Um, Shay was a mentor figure, we'll say, for the sorority. So and she, um, we were at a meeting and I had just gotten a fancy, a fancy internship in finance, in banking. And Maddie's I needed- yes, I try to be, I try to be very fancy. Um, And I needed a place to stay over the summer because I was in college and I was lamenting and Shay was like, Liz, the before mentioned person who coined the term, needed a subletter because she was going away for the summer. And I was like, cool, sounds good. And then Shay sent me a scary email that said I couldn't have friends over. Yeah. (laughs) Unless I gave 24 hours notice. Yes. So I decided to
1: left this youth sublet for me even though i was like i don't know what i'm doing having this millennial that's true i was 20 at the time i house. wasn't even 21 yeah and i, I was, was
0: a very small
1: youth yes um so there was a scary email that i sent maddie outlining the house rules i talked to her parents who are now best friends oh yes her mom and i have marianne the same and john haircut. love Shay. yeah um they have the same identical haircut it's pretty By my mother's design. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I'm inspiring people everywhere. Um, although not anymore. Cross-generational inspiration. Cross-generational. Uh, so Maddie moves in, and one thing that was really fun and was really interesting, right away we really clicked, and Maddie's summer turned into two years of being my roommate, which know, was...
0: Two and a half years. Two and a half years. I know. It was so wonderful. The um, whole... What is that? What percentage of my life... Is two and a half
1: years. Like 20%. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I can't do my <laughs> You my like head, 12. despite
1: popular belief. At least 8%. Yeah. Quite a lot of Maddie's life. Yeah. 4% of mine. I know. 6%. I don't yeah. know. You're not listening to this because you want to We're a significant part that. of
0: each other's lives. Yes. Very important. To this day. Even to though this day.
1: Even though Maddie moved 20 whole blocks away from me.
0: And now we're recording in my bedroom. Yeah. It's which really is exciting. Nice. So Camp adulthood was basically... <laughs> us kind of living our lives in this apartment and then continuing on and over the course of the past I guess three years that we've known each other longer than that probably um, we kept encountering stories from people that we know and people that we encountered of either young people doing really cool things for their age that you wouldn't expect or the flip side people that are quote unquote older who should have their shit together being complete garbage bags exactly so it's kind of the flip side yeah. And we got to thinking like why why is that and why does it have to be that way? And why is that there what camp adulthood after
1: all of this time really came to signify is what we call the millennial divide. Yes. Which um Manny and I I was born in 1984 and yeah, I was born in 1994. Oh my god. Um but technically, we're part of the same generation, because millennials begin, depending on which source you're looking at, starting about- Which think piece you read. Yes, which piece. Which think piece. Pew has one. There's multiple.
0: Infographics.
1: Okay, so If we have a website, you can look them up on our website. We'll link we to have- them. Um.
0: We will have a website when we put this <laughs> out. We're cutting that. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. Continue. So, infographics. Yes. Depending um, on what pupil
1: you read. Yes, exactly. It could be
0: a different age than that.
1: 1980 to 2000. That's what we're going to kind of coin the generation. Um, but there's this huge divide between kind of the post-2008 millennials and the pre-2008 right. millennials. And um, and when you
0: say 2008, oh, is yeah, that sorry, like that is, what year you graduated high school, college? No,
1: that is the year you were born. Great recession, as they call it. Um, and that... Like
0: whether you had come of age, so to speak, before, before or, or after. after. Whether you would graduated from college before or after. Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely so, post, yeah, and I'm pre.
1: So let's talk a little bit about
0: ourselves. Yeah, biographical information. Yes. Do you want to go first? I know. I think you should go first. Okay. Um, I my name is Maddie. I'm an Aquarius. I work in finance. Um, I was born in 1994, and I graduated high school in 2012. And I graduated from NYU in 2016 with a degree in finance and accounting. Super exciting. Um, I'm trying to think what other, what other relevant tidbits about me. I mean, hey. there's things that I like, like if we're looking for like, interesting things, but like biographical information, like I work, I work in finance, I work at a bank right now. I'm an office plankton. I sit at a computer and plink away. It's the most accurate description. I can go into more vivid details about that later, but mm-hmm. that's the, uh, yeah. that's the gist of it. And that's you, that- Shay- and where are you from, Maddie? Eh? Oh, yes. I'm from Michigan. Wonderful. Midwest.
1: And I think that's really important that we're going to talk about how millennials from different parts of the country tend to have very different experiences.
0: It's true. Shay yeah. and I have a thing where people from the Midwest are the best. Are the best. Sorry, Jenny. Oh, yes. We should introduce Jenny. Yeah, Jenny is our we're wonderful producer. We're going to talk about producer. her while she's looking at us, yeah.
1: monitoring the audio. She's so awesome. Very smart. And she's going to be a very famous producer someday. Yes,
0: yeah. I'm gonna paint paint a picture for our radio listeners. <laughs> Jenny has two MacBooks going, but only one set of headphones. Only one set of headphones. After much deliberation, we're all drinking celebratory prosecco, mm-hmm. and she has podcast, a sports Jenny. bra because Stop it's a bajillion degrees us. outside. <laughs> and so we're just living our best life, you know. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um. So yeah, I'm from I'm from the Midwest. We both live in New York right now. Oh yeah. In case.
1: New York Our City. Our global listeners. I yeah. don't know where we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, New York City. We're in my my bedroom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm originally from Michigan. NYU. Kappa. Are we allowed to say that? Kappa? I feel like it's fine. I feel like for now,
1: but I feel like we're gonna get into some heavy information. Except in the last issue of the key, they did talk a lot about divorced ladies and wine. So.
0: I liked the last issue of the key. We can have a whole discussion I wrote an article, about that. That's why you liked it. About salsa. Yeah. It was good. Okay, so mine will be a little bit
1: longer, because I'm so much more ancient than Maddie. It's true. Um, I was born in 1984, so I am what has been termed an old or ancient millennial. Um, I was born in Pasadena, California, but grew up in... I actually didn't know that. Fun fact. Yeah. Yes. Huntington Memorial Hospital. Wow. In case you wanted to know. I like it. Shout out. Um, Very close to where they record My Favorite Murder, in case anyone's interested. Crosspod. Please. Yeah. Shout out hashtag. Anyway, I don't really know what hashtags are yet because I'm old. Anyway, moving forward, um, I grew up, however, near in Western Pennsylvania, a town called Franklin, which is super rural. So while Maddie had more of a suburban, yes, upbringing I grew up in suburban Detroit. Detroit yeah. I didn't
0: mention that when I say Michigan,
1: people either think like the ghetto peninsula. or like
0: yeah, rural. So. Suburbia. Suburbia. Um, yes. So I'm from a rural
1: small town in Western Pennsylvania called Franklin. We're about 90 miles north of Pittsburgh. Um, many fun stories I can tell about that at a later date. Um, I went to John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, oh, I graduated from high school in 2002 and college in 2006. Um, Post college, I've had a little bit of an untraditional career, but I lived abroad in Spain for a year. I uh, did a master's in business at Case Western University in Cleveland as well. I uh, moved to L.A. for a bit, came to New York about six and a half years ago, and uh, I've been here ever since. I also went to NYU for a second master's in English literature, which is why I'm so articulate on this podcast, Lies. Wow, well, um, because I only look at numbers all day. <laughs> <I only look laughs> what are numbers? words? Um, and while I've had quite a few different jobs i currently um have a fancy title it's the director of brands and production at a small uh startup called kinder modern that sells uh luxury children's furniture and bespoke rugs and basically that fancy job um it's a very cool fancy job that a lot of people would kill for but all i pretty much do is spreadsheets
0: i went to your office yesterday and it was very cute i liked it
1: yeah. Oh, once upon a time I temped at Shay's office. Oh yeah, that it was, was really practice. Maddie was my very own office plankton for several months. It yeah.
0: was quite fun. It was good. Yeah, It was a good time. I went to the post office a lot. Mhm. Got to Got some coffee. I some touched the sheets. bespoke rugs.
1: Touched the bespoke rugs. Yes, they're Which I like the rugs. Very nice. Very nice. 100% New Zealand
0: wool. It's cool. Hand tufted. Yeah. Hand cut and carved. Very nice. Yeah. So I think we were talking a little bit about this before, but I think we wanted to touch upon some illustrative illustrative examples of what we think Camp Adulthood is. Yes. I also thought of
1: some questions that help differentiate between what we're calling, again, the ancient millennial and just the regular old millennial. No, regular millennial. Okay. You. Am I a regular? Yeah, you're a regular. Okay. I don't think we should call a young millennial. I think that gets confusing.
0: I feel like the young millennials are like... So I have a brother named Jackson yes. who... Jackson's excellent. I want to get him on the podcast. Producer Jenny just clutched her heart and said, yeah, We call him Jackson. Admiral Bing Bong. Admiral Bing Bong. Um, so He's a fine upstanding young Jackson, man. Jackson, he is fine and upstanding. And he's going to be so touched. And we'll share this episode with his hundreds... Of, if not thousands of followers on social media. Yeah, that's, that's a big social good. media presence. I post an Instagram and I get like 40 likes. He gets like 300. And I don't think... I mean, I love Jackson, but I don't think he's, you know, five times more of a quality human than I am. Which is what that statistic shows. So yeah, that's just throwing true. that out there. But very yeah, true. definitely Jackson has an influence in the community. But we're only two years apart. And Jackson... I think as a younger millennial, because he's much better at the the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts himself out there more. He had a, an Instagram girlfriend one time, so those are all things that I I have not done. Yeah. So I think there there is a difference, but I definitely I feel like at this point, if it's if the range is 1980 to 2000, Mm -hmm. then I'm definitely on the younger end if I was born in 94. Yeah. There's only so many years after me. I mean, technically, in the very
1: little bit of reading I was doing before this, most of this I'm just calling from years of reading articles and living and people talking about how awful millennials are, Um, a generation (laughs) is defined as an 18 year period.
0: So oh, that's okay. why
1: it's a bit... Some people say it's 1980 yeah. to 1998. Some people say it's 82 to 2000. it's also
0: a state of mind, because I know, like, yeah. my my parents are kind of cuspy. Because my dad was born in 60... 61. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely a boober. A, a boober. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's gonna love that. Don't cut that out. Um, he's a boomer. And... I think the boomers are. Everyone is still laughing in the studio. I say it as if we're not in my bedroom. I'm just gonna continue talking. (laughs) I'm crying. So he was born in 1965, which is definitely because boomers are 1945 to 65. I'm pretty sure. Yes. So my dad is also a boomer. 61. He was born in 1947. Yeah, but your dad. I mean, your dad and my dad have never met. Although I think they would. They would be besties. Super but mystery. they're very, I mean, I've met them both, and you've met them both, and mm-hmm. we can say they're they are very different. But my mom, who was born in 1965, I believe, um, she's technically Gen X. So, but, like, I i think that she would also agree that um, she identifies more with, like, the boomer generation. Yeah. And I have a funny story about that. Oh, would you like to share it with us, Mama? Yes. Great. I don't know if my parents will approve of this. But it doesn't matter. It's fine. Because I, I think it's funny. And my mom is very passionate about this. Okay. So my mom loves Ronald Reagan
1: more than... And I love your mom.
0: Yeah. And I think it's great. She, she met him. She worked on the Reagan campaign. Um, she took a semester off of college to work on the Reagan campaign. And in 1994, 5, whatever it was, that Kurt Cobain passed away. Mm. Um, my dad was coming home from work. My mom was at home. And my dad called and said, the leader of your generation just died. And she was like, who, Ronald Reagan? (laughs) And my dad is like, no, he's also like a 100 years old. He's not in your generation. And also I'm talking about Kurt Cobain. And she like didn't immediately like process who it was. Yeah. So like all the time growing up, whenever like Nirvana would come on the radio, my my dad would be like, this is the leader of your generation. (laughs) My mom would be like, I have no connection to this. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I just think that's That's fine. So even within the boomers, there's a boomer divide as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think this is probably something that's – very typical and, you know, it just hasn't really been talked about because yeah. our lives have changed kind of with this whole, I don't know what they're calling it, but internet revolution. It's very similar to
0: – The interwebs,
1: yes. Yeah, exactly. So the interwebs changed everything and that's why I think the divide between our generation is so marked and so much more so than our parents or our grandparents even. Yeah, So. totally. I agree. I mean, I'm sure if they could podcast, you know – our grandparents can podcast. The greatest generation could podcast. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, well, those idiots that were
0: born in 1914, they don't know anything. No, I would love to interview my grandparents. My grandma texts with emojis grandma's now, adorable. which I love. I, love it. I don't <laughs> know who taught her how to do that or how she has it. The last, the last time I saw my grandma's phone, she had, like, an iPhone 3, I which I don't think they had emojis back then. But now she must have upgraded yeah, because she sends and me emojis, which I love. I'm like, this is so nice. Sweet. How old is your grandma? Oh gosh. I think she turned eighty last year. Yeah, she turned eighty last year. So she's eighty one now. So I, I believe. think these kind of distinctions that I'm about to make. So if my
1: grandmother was still alive, she would be hundred and three. Wow. So Whoa. it's interesting to kind of note I think some of these That's exciting. Big gaps. You know? I
0: love it. I don't know. Maybe it's I know, just interesting that's to like me. my my uh dad my great grandfather, so my dad's grandfather was mm-hmm. born in eighteen ninety eight. Ooh, I love that. Which I'm like that was yeah. not even a time. That was not that even That was a time. not even
1: real. Was there even electricity? Was
0: there no I No, I think God, there was, I'm what year was
1: electricity invented. I don't know. Can we hire an assistant to look up fun facts on the internet for us while we while talk? We're talk-
0: Jenny, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, when was, was electricity like, invented?
1: <laughs> Our people are people gonna make fun of us for not knowing when electricity was invented?
0: Oh, I'm sure if we surveyed The people that we know in our lives, no one would know. I think it was 18. No, didn't Thomas Jefferson do something with electricity? Yeah, like when it was discovered. But When was it like a mass? Okay, number one, don't feel stupid because it like popped right up in Google. So that means you guys are not the only people that don't know. And number two, it was invented in 1879. Okay. So so electricity had only been a thing for like five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways. We like electricity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I like talking about those divides, yeah. but I think going back to our personal stories, personal, yes. I don't know if you, oh, my questions. I,
1: yeah, your okay. question. <coughs> Maddie, what year did you get a cell phone?
0: Oh, I got one. See, I got one kind of late, so I don't know if my story is super applicable to my entire generation, but my yeah. parents had a rule. I couldn't get one until high school. So at my eighth grade graduation, I got one of those, um, like sidekick type. You know, the oh, slidey cute. ones with, the, yeah. with the, the texting and the screen and stuff. So I got one of those, and then I got an iPhone when I went to college. Fancy. Which was five whole years ago. Five whole years ago. So I got my first cell phone
1: um, my sophomore year of college, so that would be 2004. Okay. Um, so I, f- I always feel like this is such a really interesting...
0: Yeah. What, it, what were cell phones like in 2004?
1: I didn't really use it except to, like, call yeah. my grandma. And she didn't really understand that I was calling from a cell phone. So she was always like, this is very
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> and that would hang up on me. Um, but I, like I remember really distinctly my freshman and sophomore year of college, like having a plug-in phone and like mm-hmm. living in this yeah. old-fashioned dorm and like pulling the phone into the hallway and like mm-hmm. sitting there on my butt and like calling my best friend from high school. Um, and it was still like a big deal to be able to like email people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that was my next question. Like when do you first remember – I don't know if, like, remember the internet is the right question, but, like, using a computer or something where you're interacting with other people, I guess.
0: Yeah. Like, AIM was a thing when I was in middle school. Mm. So I definitely went on, like, AOL. I had an AOL email address. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time in seventh grade we had to, like, it was a Spanish class and we had to, like, record ourselves and, like, email it. There was, like, a server Uh type thing for, like, the school and you had to, like, email yourself speaking Spanish, which, like, I don't even know what it was. It was some, like, Dropbox knockoff. I don't even know. Before Dropbox was a thing. But anyways, we had dial-up internet. Yes. And it was, like, late enough that they there definitely was not dial-up internet, mm-hmm. but my parents were, like, holdouts on that. And so I sat there, and, like, the dial-up wasn't working, and then, like, my mom used the phone, and it didn't work, and, like, computer crashed, and I was like, this is dumb. And so I ended up just, like, going to the teacher, and I was like, I'll just speak Spanish to you, because, like, the technology is not working. And after that, my parents were like, all right, we'll get regular internet, like, when you go to high school, if this is, like, what the school is requiring you to do. Um, but going back to your your phone thing with the, mm-hmm. the cord, yeah. my dad also tells this story. This is why it's gonna be good to have my dad on, because he has lots of stories about me as a youth. I love it. Um so one time I got a bad grade on a math test, mm. which like lol, because now that's all I do is like math every day. But at one point hey in kids, time math is actually irrelevant in high school. Just want yeah. everyone to know that. Yeah, it was algebra two, and I was just like, whatever, man. And I was like, I had a B minus, I was like on the verge of getting a C plus. And my parents sat me down, and they were like, You're grounded, and all you're gonna do is study math until you can, like, get your grades up. And I think I hadn't, like, turned in some homework assignments because, like, you know, in math, when you're so far behind, mm-hmm. you feel like you can't even catch up. Yeah. So I was, like, whatever. Basically, I was just, like, apathetic. all senior year for me. Yeah. And so my parents sent me down. They were, like, you're grounded. Like, they had me turn in my cell phone, whatever. And I think I, like, lipped off to them or something. And so they took – we had, like, cord cordless phones mm-hmm. in our house. And so my dad called my grandma, and he was, like, do you have a phone with a cord? And my grandparents had, like, a plethora of just phones with cords that they've been carrying around with them I don't know how long. Yeah. Because my grandparents used to live in Connecticut, and now they live in Michigan, so these phones have traveled the The country with them. And so they brought over a box of phones, and my dad replaced every phone in our house with one with with a cord. And I remember I called my friend, and I, like, went, like, all the way down the hall into the dining room, and I was like, I'm calling you from a phone with a cord on it. (laughs) My dad thought that was, like... The most hysterical thing that's ever happened. First of all,
1: every punishment your parents ever got you, or ever gave you, sounds amazing. Like your parents were the best. At they ran a tight ship. It yeah. was like I love it. Every time I hear one of these Maddie gets in trouble stories, I especially because your
0: infractions were so minor. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was no. It was it was good. I mean, I deserved it. I was like being a little shit, but yeah. So interesting. It's fine. It happens. Just like side note, if I had gotten be Minus on a test. My mom would have been so excited. <laughs> like, the fact that you got in trouble for that. It's just wild. Because yeah. I'm so bad at I didn't get in trouble. They were just like, you need to focus and not be, like, texting on your phone and, like, mm. having your friends be a bad influence. So- and the friend I was calling was a bad influence. Oh. So. Did she, Anyways. you know,
1: drink and have sex and listen to rock and roll?
0: I mean, I don't know. She definitely did, like, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: marijuana—that's a whole another episode coming up, friends. Oh, yeah. Keep listening in case you aren't already engrossed. Um. <laughs> so, so, anyways, your, your yeah, questions. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So, for me, I wish I could like remember all of this more clearly, but um, we were one of the first houses in our little town to get the internet because oh, my dad cool. um, is radiologist or was a radiologist before he retired, and um, at that point, they were introducing this new technology where he could read films over the internet and it was like crazy. It like revolutionized the whole industry and the way people practice medicine. Um, So we got dial up internet and it was like very exciting. Um, Probably way before anyone else did. Because I don't ever really remember using the internet in school. I remember having it at home. yeah, But I don't, I mean, people obviously had it at home because we were AIMing Mm -hmm. in um, high school. And I remember my mom and my grandma used to come and watch me talk to my friends on the internet which is super embarrassing, and I can't believe yeah. I'm telling this to all of our internet friends, but um, they would, like, give me advice on what to say to my boyfriend for oh. most of my, like, junior year of high school. That's and, exciting. You no, know, senior year, they had to get out of the way because I was...
0: Is he still, like, a person? Do you know, like, what you, not that you have to say. I'm just curious, like, so many years later. Oh, like, re- all the boys connected? I was... Um, I mean, I feel like, like you're in such school a small boyfriend? town.
1: We pretty much know everybody. Yeah, that's but true. But I'm, like... I guess it, he wasn't really my boyfriend junior year but there were like several boys I was AIMing with oh, really? that I liked and that were going to ask me to the dance. Hot stuff. Because it was basically 1965 in Franklin, Pennsylvania. But my mom and my grandma were like amazed that I could like sit there and
0: interact yeah. and they would
1: like have their like glasses of white wine and be like, "Oh, I think you should say that."
0: It's true. Yeah. Everyone that's like, "See, now I'm going to get in like my rants about yes. people I love shitting rants. on millennials." But it's like I like like people like, our grandparents' generation, like, I was talking to um, my grandparents about it, because, like, my my boyfriend is mm-hmm. in the, the military. And his boyfriend is going to be an excellent future guest. Oh, yeah. It's either going to, like, be great or it's going to, like, crash and burn. One of the fun. two. Um, so she was talking, like, they were talking about how great it is to, like be able to communicate over the internet. And mm-hmm. it's, like, all, all the people... My grandparents weren't in World War Two, but, like, that generation. Like, how cool would it... Like, everyone would want to talk to your loved ones instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone that's, like, you're so engrossed in your phone. It's, like, you would you would do the same thing. If you were 18 well, and your, like, boyfriend was shipped away to World War Two. Yeah. You would love that shit. Exactly. So, but, I don't want to hear it
1: anymore. It's interesting had this chat with my dad on Sunday, and he was like, I... Papa Keats. Yeah, Papa Keats, who is, by the way, a super big innovation adopter. And he was saying that he's, like, feels really uncomfortable with, like, social media and da 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 And I was, like, thinking about it later, because he talks about how he would only talk to his mom, and he and his mom were, like, super close. He's like, I would only talk to my mom, like, once every three weeks, because, oh. you know, long distance calls. And I was like, "Yeah, I communicate with you some way every day. Yeah. You know? And, like, that wouldn't be possible if it were... You know, if we didn't have texting and – I mean, he's not a big social Great. media user. But so I, I think that's really interesting. And It is nice. You're right. People would be um, all over that. And I think – well, this is another conversation we have for later. The kids that are growing up now, like actual children oh, yeah. it scares in me. the world who've never this grown up. Yeah, their brains are actually developing differently. So they um, – so millennials are still switching back and forth between, you know, the written word and – the visual like language of emojis and all of that. And then the mm-hmm. audio um, where these kids, it's just all seamless for them. Like that's so They crazy. can read just as fast on a screen as they can read on a page. And it's oh, really weird. interesting. Um, but I, this reminded me of little Willem, my favorite eight year old in the whole world, well, seven and a half, almost eight who lost both of his front teeth, by the way. He I bet he looks real cute. Yeah. But the other day, it, and it's funny, it was just funny to me that he's even aware of this. I, He was in the office. He's my boss's son. And I dropped the F word. I was like, fuck. And he looks at, he's like on the computer playing some game. And he goes, so I just heard you. And guess what? I'm not addicted to the screen like you think I am. And I just thought it was really funny that he even was aware of like the fact that people think that people, kids are not aware because of You know why? I think that is that
0: this is like an unfounded thing. But I think adults are like really open to like condescending to young kids yeah, about how they're like, it makes them feel better of like either coming from a place of like superiority of mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't grow up this way, or talking. It's either like a slight at like the parenting of the other grown up, or just being like, oh, you're a kid, you're like not a sentient being, you're mm-hmm. just like a thing that occupies space. Mm-hmm.
1: But and again, I think that applies, you know, more obviously in future episodes, going to get much more into this, but we're really. I think makes this millennial divide so problematic is so much of it is this really negative discourse about millennials and then about particularly the younger millennials and how yeah. they're not engaged and they don't know what's going on. And they're just basically fuck ups when that's actually not true. Um, and is that something that these older generations, and I think Gen X is the biggest of um, perpetrator yeah. of this. Um, why do they feel the need to do that? And is it yeah. because they're uncomfortable with the technology or is it something? Or is this just common? Where you know, where the boomers degrading the Gen Xers and the Greatest Generation degrading the boomers? I don't know. Like, I was having a
0: conversation with my parents yesterday. We were like talk, talking about something unrelated, and my my dad said he was like, "I feel like I had to work," which is interesting because mm-hmm. like my dad's parents, my grandparents went to college, which mm-hmm. is un not very common, yeah. in their generation, and both my parents went to college and my dad was saying, well, I feel like I had to work harder coming out of school than my parents did. Mm -hmm. And you have to work harder than I did. So I think there is like a recognition there, but it's also like, that's coming from a place where like the place that I'm at, like I've had two generations of people with master's degrees. Like my grandpa is Mm -hmm. a lawyer. So like he has a master's degree, both my parents have master's degrees. Yeah. So like, even for me coming from that place, there's still a recognition that it's harder. Yeah. And I think um,
1: that's a good segue into a tiny disclaimer that I want to make. Maddie and I Mm -hmm. acknowledge that we are upper middle class white chicks from the Midwest.
0: Oh, yeah. In case you couldn't tell, in case you couldn't tell, Um,
1: demeanor. (laughs) And we are not trying to make any sweeping generalizations here. No, we're definitely not. We really feel like there's enough information here or enough to talk about to really have an ongoing podcast. And we hope to bring in people who have had. Different experiences. Really different experiences. um, Yeah, totally. That can come and talk about what it means to be a millennial if you're a first-generation college student or didn't go to college or blah, 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 you're a person of color. Or if you voted for Trump. Or you voted for Trump.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Just kidding. We're also super liberal, so. Just kidding. Side note, though. This is... We can go back to what we were talking about. did anyone see that Bill O'Reilly's podcast is now, like, number one on the iTunes charts? Of course it is. Of course it is. It doesn't bother, like, Bill O'Reilly, I can tell stories about him, but, like, it just bothers me that he named it Bill O'Reilly's free podcast because every podcast is free. Yeah. So it's like, why are you advertising it as a free podcast when every podcast on iTunes you don't pay for, right? That's true. You don't pay for podcasts on iTunes. No. Is that not true? We're asking producer Jenny. Um, like, things like the Savage Love Cast or something, you can be a subscriber and you get extra content. You can get, like, premium. Yeah, there's, like, premium things, and, like, if you support people's Patreons, um... That's true. You can get extra stuff. I know Guys We Fucked, they do, like, Howl FM, that's, like, a Mm. premium podcast, they have, like, bonus episodes, but, like, you can get the, the, anything on iTunes... There's never, like, a paywall. Actually, my dad and the they did a bonus Christmas episode, and uh, you had to buy it on iTunes, and it was, like, $3. Okay. So it okay. wasn't yeah. a huge so amount So there's money. some content. But still, Bill yeah. O'Reilly saying a podcast is free is, like, being like, I have tap water at my house. Come over and have a party with me. Like, it's so dumb. Yeah, I mean, I think it's dumb, but I think it... Could it... But remember when you worked... Oh, yeah. I used and... to be an internet Fox News. <laughs> I don't know if you can say it. Whatever. I can. She can. I can so identify that I used to work there. Well, if I a lawyer sometimes I so. don't think it I mean really I'm not can identify where I work now. The United States
1: of America. Last time I checked, we still have free speech. Yeah, you're not. She's not
0: libeling any or slandering yeah. anyone by saying no, she's working it. at Fox News. I, just, so. I lived. I lived with Jenny when I worked I just
1: remember, there.
0: Like when you said that that girl referred to. The Bill O'Reilly Show as the Department of Freedom. So, does he mean free as in cost, or does he free mean free as in like America? I think it's America.
1: But I mean, Bill here's O'Reilly the thing is, loves money. Bill There's O'Reilly loves money. But Bill O'Reilly <laughs> is not an idiot. But yeah. there are a lot of people out there listening to his podcast who are not who quite don't know, know that podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. They, they just don't know the podcasts are free. I know. I was just it made me giggle. And also, also I think we uh, need yeah. to be the number one podcast and not Bill O'Reilly's free podcast. I mean, I think we can get there. I mean,
1: I, hope I have so. big goals. 'Cause I want that sweet, sweet blue apron money.
0: <laughs> Did you have more
1: more questions? Um, no, that was really if all. Not... I want to hear your hot topics. Oh. My Just first... like on the view. Um hot my topics. first hot
0: topic. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. I don't know anything about Dave Chappelle. Do you know who he is? As I know a, who as he as is. A human being,
1: he yeah. is Did he also wait, no, I don't know who he is. Sometimes I confuse him with Eddie Murphy. He
0: is oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Just this a is, is not on a one thing, mail.
1: this is an I'm an idiot thing. It was also not allowed to watch TV for many
0: years. Um okay, well I'm gonna sit you down and He's a comedian. He's a comedian. African American comedian. Yes. Okay. Both of those things. He lives in Ohio actually. Did not know near, that. Near um, Columbus. Columbus is a great Between place. Between Columbus and Cincinnati. Even I looked it up on a map. Yeah. Yellow Springs, I think it's called. Shout out. Hmm. Um he's a great comedian. Yeah. Um the Chappelle Show, classic. classic. He has two recent Netflix specials. Okay. Today, he's doing a uh, joint show with John Mayer in San Francisco.
1: <gasps> okay, so everyone just needs to know that Maddie loves John Mayer. Maddie would move to Antarctica and leave her boyfriend and her job if it meant that she could be with John Mayer. And that doesn't even mean, like, be with him in a sexual way. That just means look at his face. It's true. So I just wanted to put that out there. So, hey, John Mayer, if you're listening, Maddie loves I mean, him. I've been
0: tweeting at him for years to, like... Tweet. At John Mayer. Yeah.
1: Anyways, that. so I love
0: John Mayer. And, like, my love for Dave Chappelle has, like, been there for a long time. But, like, recently I just watched the Netflix specials. I was, like, really into them, which we'll talk about because that's re- – I'm not just talking about Dave yes. Chappelle and John Mayer. Just talk about them. It's relevant. But um, I saw this and I was, like, I have to go. And I actually looked at – because the show is tonight. I actually oh. looked at, like, Flying to San Francisco – Tonight and going insane. to the show, and then it was yeah. like a bajillion dollars. So I was like, I cannot I can imagine. Yeah, but and then you would have missed Jenny's birthday. I'm sure Happy it's really exciting. I I like to think Jenny would understand, maybe she wouldn't. She's giving me some side eye, and yeah, Go I on. think in the grand scheme of life, she would understand. Short term, she would not. So, I would make it up to her. What is the hot topic I need to have an okay. opinion on? So, Dave Chappelle in his Netflix special, mm-hmm. he was talking about like police shootings mm-hmm. and how there's now, um. Like recordings of them and things like that. And it's all on social media and people are kind of becoming desensitized to all the noise. And what I think is interesting is like, you can tell me if you have a different opinion, but in a lot of articles and things that I've read about that before, they're just like, oh, well, millennials are apathetic and they're selfish. Like they mm-hmm. only care about things that directly impact them and yeah. their lives and their friends. And the reason why there's not more outrage about all of these terrible things that happen in the world is because millennials are just more apathetic and like the greatest generation and boomers were more outward looking mm-hmm. as opposed to internal. But Dave Chappelle obviously in like a funny stand-up way had the point of like millennials don't have all these call to actions just because we're flooding the market with so much information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it sounds kind of obvious when I say it, but I had never really heard it no, I mean, articulated I just- that way where it's like it's true. Like if you see yeah. horrible it's actually more dark maybe is mm-hmm. the right word, but it's like if you're just being flooded with like horrible images every day. Mm-hmm. And he talked about like in the eighties when the, um, I'm going to forget the name, but the shuttle that exploded.
1: Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I don't
1: remember. Cause I was like a day old, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but I've but heard you of it. know, heard you heard of it? it yes. yes. As have I, but he watched it in school and he was like, you're watching a shuttle explode and all Mm -hmm. these people perish instantly. Yeah. And he was like, it was the most horror. He was like, it's a vivid memory in my childhood that I will never forget. Yeah. And it was horrible. And, like, not that people lost their lives, but not that many. It was, like, a handful of people. But he was like, I remember all of their names. I, like, have that image in my Mm -hmm. mind of the shuttle exploding. Yeah. And he was like, I think about, like, all the, the the real violence, let alone like the media violence yeah. that all the youth of today feel. And he was like, if I was flooded with it, I wouldn't um, like feel anything yeah. either. Um,
1: I have several things to say on that topic. Um, I think first and foremost, the idea of apathy is something that you do see a big difference in, I think in um, ancient versus regular millennials. Because <laughs> um, I feel like There's a good number of people that I know that are my age who don't believe that their vote matters, but not like in a way that they care that their vote doesn't matter. They're just like, well, it doesn't matter if I vote because it's not going to be any different, like whatever. Um, So I think that that's really interesting. And I think that's a whole nother topic. Um, I agree. I think when we're flooded with so many images um, all the time, you can't like, I think it's a, it would be really interesting to kind of dig into the psychology of that, um, Because I don't think you can, like, physically process them. And that's actually something that um, studies of trauma talk about a lot. Um, Side fun fact about me, I did my master's thesis on uh, trauma and literary narrative. So I know some things about trauma. Um, And one of the things that I studied was kind of this idea that you can't process when you are bombarded and flooded with a lot of trauma. It's not something that you can... Process immediately. So, if we were really going to take that, we're almost living in a generation where everyone, you see so much violence that everyone has PTSD to a certain extent. Um, but to kind of dial that back a little bit further, um, I was a senior in high school when 9 11 happened, right? 2001, yeah. So, um, I was in second grade. She was in second grade, which is really interesting. And again, like, we had the internet, but it wasn't something we really used at school. We had these TVs in every classroom. Um, when I'm again, this is Western Pennsylvania, so we're in the same time zone. Uh, when the planes at the tower, our school district said uh, no TVs in the classroom. Oh, no interesting. No kids can see this. So, um, probably and I smart. feel like it was it was smart. Some of the teachers didn't listen, and some of my classmates. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Like, well, what do you?
0: Do? I can't imagine like being a teacher in that situation. Oh, I couldn't
1: imagine. I mean, and we were luckily. Far enough. We weren't. I mean, there were a lot of kids in eastern Pennsylvania who. But even United. The city. What was that United yeah. flight oh, that we yeah. landed in Pennsylvania? Exactly. So it's we like were it so far close to it, but because I sometimes feel like because I didn't see that in a way that so many people of my age did, like witnessed yeah. it on TV. Sometimes nine eleven, even though I live in New York, I've um, had all these interesting interactions with people who lived through it personally, like. It always seems very dreamlike to me because I didn't witness it happening on television. But that was a really defining moment. And that was kind of the beginning of all of this stuff being broadcast all the Mm -hmm. time. And I remember going home that night and seeing it happen on TV. And it didn't seem real, just the replays. and I, I couldn't imagine what that was like but it's very similar to the Challenger explosion where
0: mm-hmm.
1: when the second plane hit people weren't expecting it and they just had the TVs on like they were like oh my god this is just yeah. live coverage of the first accident because you think
0: like the 60 like 20 yeah. years ago it was like ooh exciting like America like we're all going to the moon and like exactly. you think it's going to be good for the kids and then it's like disaster no and then
1: it's disaster it's so yeah I think that is that is interesting and after that there was just so much broadcast and um, and you can have access to it anywhere and then again if we look to the kids nowadays it's not just these millennials who are seeing it that can process it but you've got literally we have screens everywhere so you even have tiny children who are seeing this just because it's on in the background you know the mm-hmm. different whatever we're in like 12 wars at the moment right so <laughs> yes um, yeah so it's really interesting we have Cory he can break it down exactly he can break it down I'm like the 12 wars um, anyway that was kind of a ramp a ramp rant
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) so no was good I think I think I think think it is really yeah it it is really interesting so Um, yeah
1: well how do you remember 9-11 if you were in second grade
0: oh yeah so um they I was in elementary school and they um called all the parents I I don't know like how they did this but they called all the parents yeah I guess and like halfway through the day they were like you can pick your kids up if you want because like people didn't know they were like it could be a more Mm -hmm. widespread thing like Anyone could be a target kind of thing. I think my school is on lockdown, so we actually weren't allowed to uh, okay. Yeah. That's probably, honestly, in hindsight, that's probably the smarter thing to do. Yeah, but you're, do. like,
1: babies. Like, I can see how people would want you Yeah,
0: and so they called all the parents, and I guess, I mean, my parents told me this after the fact. So, like, in the moment, I didn't know what was going on, but they called my parents, and they were like, they're not going to be any more safe with us than at the school. hmm so, like, you can just keep them there. So, I was, like, one of four second graders who, like, sat Aww. in the office all day. Aww. And it was fine. I don't have any, like, traumatic or, like, scarring experiences from it. But I, I was with my second grade teacher. And I, I remember, like, she was, like, I'm stuck with this one yeah. child. I mean, she didn't say anything. But she was, like, I, I I can't do anything. And I have this one child. So, she put the TV on. And so, I remember seeing it. And, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was, like. Yeah, I mean, it must, it doesn't seem and then I took the bus home by myself oh. and my mom was like watching TV and she was crying because one of, I mean, obviously it's sad in its own right, but one of her best friends at the time lost a family member in the plane that went down over Long Island Sound mm-hmm. in the 80s, I think it yeah. was. So she was like thinking about that and like, whatever. So I like saw my parents cry. I, I remember the day like very vividly, but... Like, yeah. definitely not in the way that I have, like, bits and pieces. Yeah. Well, and I think,
1: I mean, note to self, we could do a whole episode on how the millennials have ex- experienced 9-11, uh, which I think is really yeah. interesting. Because um, you definitely are, have a much bigger takeaway if you're a senior in high school or a freshman in college oh, versus sure. a first or second grader. And Yeah. And I mean, I don't remember
0: airports before 9-11, even yeah. though I used
1: to and as, I like as, like, much elementary school person. Do, like, I remember going and just walking through security and i remember being able to go to the gate with my dad if you know like he i mean granted this is like at our tiny local airport but if you were going away to a conference or something like i remember going and like being able to greet my grandparents at the airport yeah. and stuff like that so
0: can't do that anymore Nope. not allowed now they don't even let you yeah. take your shoes off do you watch tv shows as an ancient millennial about high school kids or i do, do not find it interesting? all the time
1: degrassi is my
0: favorite show degrassi yeah have you watched 13 reasons why no, I haven't. No. Um, I have lots I of opinions. I watched it. I also have lots of opinions. Um, I just think I don't even want to get into like 13 reasons why, because yeah. we can have a like, whole
1: episode on mental health.
0: Oh, so many yeah. episodes so many on episodes. mental health.
1: 14
0: episodes. Um, I more so wanted to bring it up as an example of like as an ancient millennial how do you feel connected to youth culture if you do at all? Like, if you consume media, like, Degrassi... I love Degrassi, too. I think Degrassi is... Wheelchair
1: Jimmy, a.k.a. Drake, best (laughs) friend ever. Um,
0: It's amazing. Um, Or, like, more recent... Like, I bring up 13 Reasons Why, because it just came out. Yeah. Um, Like, do you feel like youth storytelling can be a good way to relay a message to adults, or do you just watch it because it's, like, fun and interesting? So, I was just reading a really interesting...
1: I was listening to it. For, I wish I could remember where I heard this fun fact, but it was um, so all young adult literature is written by people basically of like the generation before. So the Jay Asher who wrote Thirteen okay. Reasons
0: Why. I, think I have not sure. read the book. Yeah, i,
1: I skimmed it. I, I haven't read it the whole way through. Um, he. Sh-
0: I watched the show, and I'll say those twenty-five-year-olds that are playing sixteen-year-olds are like very I mean, attractive. in and of itself, but, but yes, attractive. Yes. Um, so.
1: So these people who are writing... So let's talk about John Green, He's an amazing young adult writer. We all love oh, yes. him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all familiar with his work. Um, in case you don't know, Cancer Kids, Run Away, that is kind of his forte. Yes. Um, and he's a brilliant creative... Um, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne, Person She's that exists. Right. I love her. Um, so they're talking about... So he's writing about teenagers, but he's not a teenager. And he's... Yeah. So basically, these... Now I'm not wording it correctly, but the experiences that we see on TV are closer to my experience than to your experience or to the people who are actually having the experience now because they're Mm -hmm. written by people who are anywhere from 10 to 15, 10 to 20 even years older than them. So basically when my kids are watching, experiencing youth entertainment, Mm -hmm. they're going to be experiencing what's going on now. Because that will be the people who are writing it.
0: I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
1: But I never thought about it that way. I think there's also something about the standard um, buildings Ramon, which is a oh, coming yes. of age story that is universal. So mm-hmm. whether you're telling it um, in 1898 or 1998 or 2018. Yeah. That's true. You're touching on universal truths. I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Sometimes it's I say good literary things. Yes. I made that noise
0: again. I'm sorry, Jenny
1: i got it jenny's like you're killing me snapping myself i feel like i should say
0: just because i feel like some of the people that are coming tonight will listen to this Mm -hmm. this is the uh jenny turned 24 am i allowed to say that do you yeah it's jenny's golden birthday and we're going out tonight and we're gonna get drunk and shay is doing can we talk about the power hour (laughs) Okay, so yeah,
1: so my friend Laura, who is in between a a regular millennial
0: Hey Laura Bency,
1: am I allowed to say your last name? I don't know. We can ask her. She we're going to a concert by a really excellent band from Pittsburgh called the Clarks. They're fucking old as shit. Just let me tell you this.
0: Are they ancient millennials or are they like Gen X? No.
1: They're like old Gen X. They're like (laughs) in their fifties.
0: Oh, I didn't realize. No, they're they're probably
1: like late forties. Okay. But let's say I started listening to them when I was in college and they Mm -hmm. were kind of like on their way to being old. Um And they're really lovely, great music, uh, super talented. So I was asked if anybody wanted to go to this concert with me. And Laura's going with me. And apparently she thinks it's like a cool concert. She's like, let's do Power Hour before. So Power Hour, for those of you who don't know, because neither of my young millennial friends here knew what a Power Hour
0: is. I mean, if I had thought, if I had sat and thought about it for five minutes, I probably could have been like, okay, if I, context clues, it's about drinking. Yeah, There's an hour involved. Yeah. I probably could figure it out, but...
1: A shot I of an adult beverage every minute for an hour. Which oh, sounds yeah. like death. Sounds like death. Um, Producer Jenny just gasped. <laughs> now, Laura says we're just going to take a
0: sip of our beer. So... But it was like Laura... But still, how many sips are in a beer? I feel uh, like this is like an an interview question. Well, like how many golf balls next fit time. in a 747?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a power hour next time. And then we'll figure out how many sips it takes. How many beers we get there.
0: Yeah, it's like how many licks... It'll, it'll be, be like, like Stonkistering. Um, I so feel like you, you have to have more than one beer per hour if you're it, taking yeah, a sip every minute. Yeah, probably at least like three beers. That's a lot. That's a lot. I only. It's a have lot a of I feel like I would maximum. almost rather just take three shots back to back and then just not drink anything for the rest of the hour. Anyway, it all sounds miserable. This was her brilliant <laughs> idea, and I was like, "We're about to go to a concert with a bunch of old people. Like, I don't understand why I think this is fun." But then you can walk across the street because where you're going is literally across the street from yes. where we're going to be yes. at Jenny's party. And I'm allowed to come to Jenny's party now because I am no
1: longer an official yes. Kappa, Kappa Gamma mentor, even though there will be young children there. That's okay. And my young children. There I won't be that many like young children. Adults. No. No. Everyone's graduated. You're old, Jenny. Sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, that is what I'm doing tonight. Um, and we're going to celebrate, and then I will come over and say happy birthday to Jenny and have a drink. We love and it. And I will go to bed at a decent hour.
0: And you to the can bartender. meet bartender Kristen. Shout out to Kristen. Oh, is she a hot lesbian? No. no. She's just hot. Oh. She's very... I'm also just hot, but not a lesbian. Yeah. I, like, want to tell the listeners about our favorite bar, but I also don't Probably. want people to go there because <laughs> I like that it's exclusive That's just true. for us. That's true. Well Because I'm an asshole.
1: Since it's, we have a whole episode about our favorite bars. Oh, yeah. We yeah. could do that. So, two calls to action. First of all, if you have a quintessential millennial experience you would like to share with us, please email us at email us at hello at campadulthood.com. Number two, if you are a millennial who's doing something fun, exciting, and interesting with your life, we want to hear about it. So, also email us at hello at campadulthood.com
0: and now Maddie's going to talk about our social media oh yeah if you want to send us a picture of your cat you can tweet at us at campadulthood if you're eating Doritos on the couch just be in a trash bag yeah tweet at us or Instagram Instagram yeah or Facebook Facebook, campadulthood um we're we're going to talk about the emails but we also we want to have the full millennial experience and as we started the podcast with that could be a cool project that you're working on, a job that you have, something that's quin- quintessentially adult. Maybe you're getting married. Maybe yeah. you're having a baby. We love babies. We love babies are so cool. Babies and dogs. Babies and great. dogs are winners. Um, but if you're also just like you know sitting in bed and you're like, I have Cheetos.
1: We want to send a picture yeah. and be like,
0: I have a full time job, yeah. but I'm eating Cheetos in bed. Yeah. Also applicable. Yeah.
1: But also just to note in all of our emails and social media, please be nice. We're nice people. Um, we may talk about controversial topics, but we want to uh, oh, yeah. promote I have no tolerance for, for haters. Law. Yeah, no tolerance for haters. Zero tolerance. Emoji with the arms crossed. Yeah. So, all right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. The music. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do,